When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twins experience social dynamics together that are unique compared to singletons. Sometimes to observers, they may appear advanced in their social skills and ability to communicate with one another. But when we look at each twin individually, how do we know if he or she is experiencing appropriate social and emotional development overall? Today we're talking about social and emotional development of twins. This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting and new parents of twins. I'm Sunny Galt. I'm sitting in as your host for today. Have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app, which is available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. All right, we have a question from one of our listeners. This is from Kelly Marie, and she posted this on our Facebook page. And we went back and forth a little bit on our Facebook page, so just to get you guys kind of up to speed. Kelly Marie says, what is the earliest age twins can be born at? And we responded by saying 24 weeks is considered a critical point of viability with about a 50% survival rate, depending on, you know, where you give birth. Um, And we have had some panelists on our show that have had 24-weekers, and their children are completely healthy. So um, Kelly followed up and said, right now she's in the hospital. She's been in the hospital for almost four weeks. She says her cervix is a little short and she is 26 weeks and four days pregnant. And they're telling her that they want to keep her in the hospital at least until 28 weeks and she wants to know why that is. So we're referring to our experts for the follow-up on that. Hi, Kelly. My name is Dr. Wade Schwendeman with the San Diego Perinatal Center and thanks for your question. The answer to your question is that Moms who stay pregnant until 28 weeks have a much higher uh, chance for survival and for what we call intact survival, which means survival without long-term problems, like some of these panelists have had even with their 24-weekers. Every week that you stay pregnant between 24 and 28 highly increases the chance that a baby is going to be born alive, is going to live and survive, and it's going to survive without long-term issues. And it's especially important for twins because each baby has to make it through those statistics on their own. They don't, uh, having twins doesn't increase their maturity necessarily. Thanks a lot. Today we're continuing our series on twin developmental milestones, and today we're talking about the social and emotional development for twins. We're talking with twin expert Joan A. Friedman. She's a psychotherapist, and she's also the author of two books. One is called Emotionally Healthy Twins, A New Philosophy, and the other book is The Same But Different, 
How Twins Can Live, Love, and Learn to Be Individuals. And we'll put links to those books up on our website. Dr. Friedman is also the mother of twins, and she also happens to be a twin herself. So let's face it, she knows a lot about twins. (laughs) Dr. Friedman is joining us via phone to talk about what we should look for in healthy development. Dr. Friedman, in your books, when you talk about social and emotional development of twins, you talk about it not just from a twin-to-twin perspective, but you also talk about the importance of a parent-to-twin attachment and how that can shape and motivate our social or twin social and emotional development? That's going to be so helpful because if twins never socially, academically, or emotionally, if they're ever not on their own, how can they be expected as adolescents or young adults to really cope? It's a fascinating question and people just don't think about it until it's too late. Do you think that parents who have twins as well as singletons, especially if they have the singletons before the twins, do they have a tendency to deal with this a little bit differently since they have the experience um, of treating children as individuals? Do you think they recognize it? Absolutely. I, I, you know, because I had three singletons before I had my twins. Okay. And once you're, you know, with new parents, it's so much harder. But if you're a seasoned parent, you've already seen your singletons go through, you know, certain developmental sequences, right? And you know about sleeping and feeding and eating and separating and going to preschool. So I think, you know, that makes it a lot easier to think that your twins are going to be resilient because you've seen your your older children be resilient and get through things. And also... You know, being a first-time parent is, is practically the worst thing in the world, right? You have no idea what you're doing. You're anxious. <laughs> you're always feeling like you're doing stuff wrong. You're always worried. And that's why, it's, you know, the first kid is, like, kind of messed up sometimes. <laughs> right? <laughs> parents are so nervous. So, yes, I do feel that if, you, if you're lucky enough to have twins after you've had singletons, you're way ahead of the eight ball. But unfortunately, it's often not true yeah. because the people having twins now are the women that have waited and, you know, they had careers and they're having children later and maybe they had to resort to IVF and maybe these are going to be their only children. And so it's a completely different mentality. Do you find that twins um, have more advantage or disadvantage over time when it comes to their social development compared to singletons? Well, the, the issue is, is when they're young. Okay. You know, twins get a lot of attention. And, and so it's, people kind of gravitate toward them. They're always like, oh, you're a twin. What's your name? Blah, blah. You know, so, so in some way, the social piece might be a little bit easier okay. um, in terms of them. But, but if, if they're in separate classes, let's say, and people cannot figure out who they are, or they're called different names, or if one has, is invited to a birthday party and the other one isn't, that's when you have to start dealing with some of the social difficulties. If one has a best friend and the other one doesn't, or, mm. you know, play dates with three never work. Um, and so there's a lot of, there's a positive, but there's also negatives if you're, or challenges if you're trying to socialize your twin into having separate experiences and his twin is not, not going to be involved. Like, you know, with, with our twins, you know, one is or was, their temperament's much more sociable mm-hmm. and one was shyer. And so there certainly were difficulties in terms of their big differences in terms of their social lives and 
being invited here or there or number of friends. It's just, it's really a question of helping them accept who they are and the choices they make. And again, trying hard not to compare them, but trying to really see them as singletons, even though they're twins and they were born at the same time and they have a lot of similarities. They're still very different people. And I think you'll have an easier time because you've had other children. Mm-hmm. But I think when when twins are your first kids, it's a very hard thing to do. But it's very possible if you focus on it. You know, you mentioned um, the possibility of people, and this happens, I have identicals, so this happens quite a bit um, with us already, but people mixing up your children. And I would imagine mm-hmm. for the twins that really do look alike more and more, perhaps as they get older, that could really, you know, I, sometimes I get frustrated. I feel like I have a very unique name. And when people can't remember my name, I'm like, really? You can't remember my name? So I can imagine as a <laughs> twin, you know what I mean? If someone is looking right at you and can't, doesn't know exactly who you are, I would imagine that could really mess with you emotionally and perhaps socially as well, right? Well, yeah, it does. You know, like when my sister, of course, her name is Jane, right, because okay. we're, we're identical twins. Okay. Um, you know, when we grew up, I mean, nobody knew who we were except that, you know, I had a dimple and I was three <laughs> minutes older. And it's it's very frustrating. I mean, you know, the it's like on one hand you get a lot of attention and everyone knows you, but as you get older and I right, I talk about this in my book, Emotionally Healthy Twins, you don't want to be noticed. You want to be known. You want to be known for who you are for yourself. And you know, unless parents really help twins have that happen, you're not no one ever really does know you and in fact you don't really even know yourself until you're finally kind of physically separated from your twin and and forced to be on your own and forced to have your own kind of individual experiences. But you're absolutely right. And so, you know, and I know you're going to be a parent like this, that you're going to dress them differently or maybe have ways that other people can differentiate who's who because it's mm-hmm. very frustrating um, for twins, especially as they get older, to have people confuse them all the time. Right. It is. It does mess with you. Yes. Yes. I, I for my girls, they have uh, different earrings. They got their ears pierced, so they oh. may they may be wearing the same outfit. But I said, look at look at for the earrings. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, because there's got to be something, you know, right. the haircut, earrings, color of shoes, yes. you know, birthmark, something, you know. And again, it's just one of those things, and you have to you have to help everyone in your family and everyone else to help differentiate them. Absolutely. And it's tiring sometimes. I know. It so, is. Yeah, it is. But it's it's important. And and pretty soon when as they get older, they'll tell people, No, I'm not so and so, I'm so and so with with indignant with indignance. Right, exactly. Oh, I'm waiting for that one. All right, well when we come back, we'll talk about how these advantages and disadvantages may appear at different ages and stages of development. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Today we're talking with Dr. Joan A. Friedman about social and emotional development in twins. So Dr. Friedman, we talked about some of the advantages and disadvantages that may appear with twins. How do some of these advantages and disadvantages appear at ages or periods of development? What can you tell us about that? Well, um, I know that the twins who have been um, separated appropriately, you know, during their lifetime, you know, when they get to college or when they have to make a decision about college, they are able to say, 
well, I'd like to go here, um, and I don't want to go to the same school that you go to. Let's think about choosing different colleges. They're already, you know, at a stage where they are accustomed to having individual choices and, and having that appreciated and recognized. Um, it's also when, you know, lots of times when twins don't have that advantage of feeling individuated and differentiated, they can't really make decisions for themselves because they're so concerned that their decisions are going to impact their brother or sister. Like, this is the, this is the most common call I get, which is, hi, Dr. Friedman, I'm so-and-so, I'm so upset, can you help me? Mm-hmm. I'm in a relationship my twin sister or twin brother is not in a relationship. I feel so guilty and so bad that my sister is not happy and I'm happy and I can't enjoy my own happiness because my sister's upset that she doesn't have what I have. Now, this happens so often and people are always so surprised because they can't understand how one person's happiness could impact another so profoundly. I mean, if you think about siblings, you know, siblings can, they're competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, they have different skills or, you know, different, you know, grades or different social situations, but they kind of expect a competitiveness and it's sort of built into their relationship. People often think that twins can't and shouldn't be competitive. And so, and they're oftentimes uncomfortable with it, especially identical twins. Mm-hmm. And so, I often get this this conundrum about how do I feel good about myself when I know my sister or brother is suffering and doesn't feel good about himself. And that really does show that there's there's been a lack of individuation growing up because it's like it's not okay what I want, what I feel, and what I need because all of those things are impacting negatively on my twin. And, and this is what I see mostly in young adult twins. And it, usually it resolves over time, you know, with talking and therapy and communication. But the funny thing is, Sunny, is that people always feel that twins are these amazingly intimate communicators. Mm-hmm. The issue is they're intimate because they've shared space, you know, for usually for 18 years. But they're not intimate in the way that they can talk to one another about issues. That's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you have a twin issue and they come into counseling, it's almost like you're doing couples counseling because they've never really talked to one another about what they really feel or really want. It's always been about keeping a balance and keeping an equilibrium, but not really talking freely about how they are impacting one another or how they might be disagreeing or how they're not getting along. It's really needing to show that to everybody that they're, they're best friends. And this is why I get so upset, you know, because why do, why do we insist on them being best friends? If we insist on that, then it, it precludes them from, you know, doing other things or feeling other ways. Like I was talking to a mom, um, her twins are 14 and she said they used to be best friends, and now one of them started to have a girlfriend, and now all hell's broken loose. And she, as a mom, felt like a failure because her twins were no longer best friends. Mm. So I think sometimes parents feel that they're doing a great job if that's what the end result is, rather than feeling as if that's putting a pressure on them that really in the long run can be a disadvantage. 
You're right. That is a lot of pressure we're, we're putting on them. And I wonder, and this isn't a fair comparison, but I wonder if we, whether we're parents of twins or, you know, we're just people who know a set of twins, especially if they look a lot alike, we feel like they're they're kind of one person. I mean, at, w- at one point, you know, mm-hmm. identicals were one egg <laughs> or one cell right. and, and they divided, <laughs> right? So I feel like we do. We put this undue pressure because we're kind of seeing similar features. And it's kind of like we lump them into, well, that's like being at war with yourself. You like yourself or most people, you know, one, you know, say that they don't like themselves or they, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I, I think that's kind of where that comes from, even though that's not fair because they are individuals. But I, I feel like that's kind of what we see. We're letting the visual kind of take over there, I think, a little too much. Yeah, and also, you know, and it's funny because many twins are best friends. I mean, it's, it's yeah. certainly not, un, it's not unusual. But for the, for the, maybe for the twins that aren't best friends or don't want to be best friends, like they need to have a voice or they need to have space or they need to have a life where that's not part of, the expectation like so it's so funny because you know people come up to me and they say oh are you and Jane best friends and I said no you know we're sisters and we love each other we live very close to one another but we have our own best friends and Sonny you should see their face when I tell them (laughs) (laughs) they are crestfallen and angry and that is the end of the conversation (laughs) because I have burst their bubble how can that possibly be um and it's so it's just something again to think about and it's it's just a societal cultural stereotype that gets projected onto twins all the time and um I'm sort of passionate about trying to break through a lot of those things. And I often get criticized because people say, oh, you're bringing up all these negative things about being a twin. And, you know, lots of twins have nothing negative. And I say, it's not a question of negative. It's just there's, there's twins that are best friends and there's twins that aren't. Yeah. And you need a wider range uh, to think about these things than just thinking and putting them all in a stereotypic box. That's not fair. So, um, and that's why, you know, when I wrote the second book, The Same But Different, the people that find the book and get in touch with me, oh my God, thank you so much. Now I understand my twin relationship. I don't feel so bad. I know that there's other twins that feel like me. Right. I mean, it's, it's such an enormous relief and it's been so, so uh, rewarding for me to be able to do that. Now, do you feel like there's more comparisons made when, and then they may be fraternal twins, but same sex or, you know, even identicals. Do you feel like, you know, there's, there's more of that, you know, um, expectation as opposed to fraternals that may be boy girl? Yeah, I think, you know, boy girl is kind of the easiest um, twinship to handle because, you know, the twins they definitely differentiate according to their gender, right. um, you know, as time goes on. So I think it's easier. I mean, the, 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 I, the funniest stories that I've heard is that often, you know, girls, because they cognitively develop earlier, are pretty bossy. So they're <laughs> usually bossing these little twin boys around, and they become really overly maternal. Yeah. And I've had moms come up and say to me, um, oh, well, she's always saying, my 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 twin daughter saying about my twin son don't punish him he's okay didn't do anything wrong you know (laughs) i can help him don't you know take and you know i said to the mom 
you really have to sort of say, well, you know, thank you very much, but I'm the mom here. I'm in charge. I'll decide when or not to punish him, but it's, you know, move over. It's my job. So um, I think that happens often, and that's, you know, and that's often a dynamic that they see in preschool. When, when the boy and the girl are together, they bring that dynamic to school. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, the director will say, when it's appropriate, maybe you should think about trying to separate them a little bit because the boy's just underneath her, his sister's thumb. Sure. Um, with identicals, it's very hard, I think, because everyone else lumps them together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a challenge for them, because they're trying to differentiate, and it's a bigger challenge because everyone else is, is seeing them as a unit, too. Um, fraternal twins, it's interesting. Um, they're usually not, some look very much alike, but they're usually, you know, different. I think the hardest thing with fraternal twins is, you know, if one is, you know, like very bright and the other one might be slower or one's more athletic and one's not or one's, you know, like with mine, Johnny and David, you know, David had some inner uterine growth retardation, so he was always smaller than Johnny. Mm -hmm. So the comparison all the time, like, how can you be twins? You're so much smaller. You know, that kind of stuff can be very hard for fraternal twins. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has to be handled really, really with a lot of skill because, the comparison just because all they all people need to do is hear the word twins, whether it's fraternal or identical or boy and girl. All they do is hear it and they make assumptions. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're fraternal twins and you're one smaller and one's bigger, they go, "You're twins? Right. How can you be twins?" You know, so this happens all the time. So that can be a challenge when fraternal twins have a lot of overt differences that people are commenting on all the time well then and and again that's putting pressure on them like oh i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing when really they have no control over that stuff no they don't have any control yeah. and you know if, if a singleton is born small it's not the same because there's no other same age sibling that you're comparing right. him or her to he's just small right or he's he's athletic or he's shy yeah. or he's not comfortable but but when you have two children Born at the same time, it's this instant comparative situation, and it's very hard. It's hard enough for parents not to compare, mm-hmm. much less everybody else. You know, it's, it's challenging. So what would you say some things are that parents can do to promote uh, a healthy social-emotional development and also to encourage this individuality that we're talking about? Okay, well, so the first thing I would say is to just take them out alone or spend alone time as early as you can um, and really learn to appreciate the differences in their temperament and the differences in their personalities. Um, To give them over time when you can age-appropriate separate experiences, like if you feel they can be separated when they go to kindergarten, go for it. If you feel they're ready to go on separate play dates, go for it. If you feel you can send them to different day camps for a week when it's appropriate, go for it. Try to think about or separate teams, whatever, you know, everyone's family is completely different in terms of how they can manage this. Like one man said to me, I take one down to the trash with me when I go, and that's all he could manage. But that was okay. It's thinking about how to deal with them on a one-to-one basis where they can be alone with you really 
really understand the importance of the parent being the most important person and not the twin. That's kind of my main message. And if you're able to incorporate some of those things in their life, they'll grow up feeling much more individuated and a lot less dependent on one another. That's great advice. Great advice. If parents think that their twins are developing maybe different, especially if you can compare them to singletons or something like that, if they think that something is a little off, what what advice would you have for them? Like, when do you get an expert involved? What's your advice on that? Well, I know for such things as, you know, sort of, you know, occupational therapy and speech therapy and all that sort of stuff, they always say that, you know, early intervention is the best. And I think you have to go to, a, you know, kind of a developmental pediatrician mm-hmm. um, to talk to about those kinds of things. You know, the emotional development is, is so different for each pair of twins and it's also different for each family because every family has different expectations about how they think their twins are developing. Like people think my idea of all this separate stuff is crazy. And other people think, oh, that sounds like a good idea. I'll try to do it. And other people think I can't do it. I'm never going to separate my twins. It's not good for them. So it's, I can't give like an advice like one size fits all because it's such a, a personal decision. Right. But I would say that usually teachers Teachers are the ones that will come and say maybe to a parent, you know what, I think your kids aren't, um, they're too attached. They're not separating in school. They're spending all their time together. It seems to be interfering with their capacity to make other friendships or they're not, they're not moving away from each other in a way that would maybe make them seem like they're safe on an individual basis. So I think usually those kinds of issues come across maybe when kids start preschool or maybe even kindergarten where you might start to see that they're not socially developing the way that singletons do. Again, it's not their fault. It's just that they haven't had any time really to sort of be on their own and to figure out what that's like. So um, again, I don't know. I was trying to think to answer your question. What would you see in a young in young twins or in infant twins that would give you a sense of the developments inappropriate i mean people say that tw- the twin speech develops slower mm-hmm. and that seems to be true um, because they have less in, they have less adult intervention yeah. but but that usually does resolve you know over time one other factor i have read about and heard about from patients is um, there is something called the power of two. It's when you have twins that are together and you put them in a situation in class and they're very disruptive because they really haven't learned to do anything um, except be responsive to each other and they don't really respond to authority and they don't want to be separated and they become very disruptive. But that's so obvious and it's, it's unusual, but it does happen. Um, so I don't know. I just think you have to sort of take it, you know, day by day. And if you feel that there's something wrong or something's not right, you have to ask a pediatrician or you could ask a a psychotherapist who deals with twins. But I don't know if you'd actually see something really, you know, kind of flagrant in your face until maybe they, they're out of the house more and they're interacting with other children. Okay. But in the meantime, encouraging that individuality whenever possible would probably be some good advice then for parents Absolutely. with young kids. 
Got it. Right. And I, and I think also reading my book, The Emotionally Healthy Twins, will really shed a lot of light on what I've talked about. That, I think that really helps. And it's organized in a developmental way by chapters, by ages. So um, I think that can be a helpful resource, too. Awesome. Okay, Dr. Friedman, thank you so much for being part of our show today. I, I found the conversation enlightening, and I'm so happy that you were able to be here with us. Okay, well, thank you, Sunny. I really appreciated being able to share my perspectives and my philosophy. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For more information about twin social and emotional development or for more information about our expert, you can visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. After the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about encouraging social interaction with other children and your twins because that can be, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, that can be a little tough sometimes when your twins are exploring different friendships. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a bit. If you want more information about the Twin Talks Club, you can visit our website, newmommymedia.com. We have our annoying comments from Twin Mom section today, and this one comes from Melissa in Texas. She says, I have a 12-year-old, a 7-year-old, a 3-year-old, and 18-month-old identical sons. When people say, I don't know how you do it, I usually respond with, I have a glass or two of wine after they all go to bed. The most annoying comment I hear doesn't come from a stranger, though. Whenever my mother-in-law sees the twins, she always asks which is which. When I tell her, her response is always, are you sure? Uh, hello, I think I know my own children. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, our show The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed Their Babies, and Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go. This is Twin Talks Parenting Times 2. This has been a new Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com.
Thanks to all the members of our Twin Talks Club. Here's your extra bonus content. We are continuing our discussion with Dr. Joan A. Friedman, and we're talking about social and emotional development milestones. Now, Dr. Friedman, we, we touched on this a little bit in the main part of um, our conversation, but I wanted to go back to it. Um, when our kids are old enough to really start, and I should say twins, when our twins are old enough to really start interacting with other children, uh, you know, it, it can be a little bit weird um, because I, I would imagine as a singleton, actually myself growing up, I didn't have any twins in my family, but um, we had, you know, I was friends with these twins that lived on our street. And it was a little weird for me because um, they, I'm not sure if they're identical or fraternal, but I, I did kind of feel like if I was friends with one, I had to be friends with both. And that was just something, I don't even know where I picked that up on that, you know, but that was just something that I kind of felt. So what advice do you have for parents out there when it comes to, you know, letting their twins, you know, find friendship and and, and kind of alleviate that awkwardness that either other children may feel or their twins may feel in the process? Well, you must have been a very intuitive child because that's exactly what <laughs> children feel. They don't they don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, um, they really do feel that it sort of is unfair if they're friends with one or the other because the, 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 the children are seeing the twins, just as you said earlier, as a unit. Yeah. Um, and it's not just children who do this, it's parents. I mean, lots of times parents will come up and say, oh, I know that... Um, I know so-and-so's in the class with my child, but I also know that, you know, he has a twin. Um, I in, I'm going to, shall I invite them both, or do I have to invite them both? Or, <laughs> you know, they often feel that they have to invite both, too, because parents, as well as children, feel like it's not fair or it's not right or they shouldn't do that. So parents of twins often have to say, thank you so much for inquiring about the other twin, but so-and-so is in the class with your son, and then it's this class, and there's no need to invite his twin. You know, he's, I'm going to do something special with him, or he'll go to his grandmother's house, or something. Right. Parents, just like, like children, have to be informed and educated that it's really okay not to be friends with both. Um, what happens often is, is that it's interesting, there's some children that are really capable of being friends with both twins. It's really fascinating, depending on their personality. And there's other children that can't or don't want to be or, or shouldn't have to be. So it's, again, it's, it's, it's parents of twins educating twins, educating parents and other kids that being friends with one is okay. And then, of course, you know, the other twin may complain and be upset and be resentful and angry and jealous, and you have to deal with all those feelings because that's the reality. The reality is you're not going to share everything. You're not going to share friends. You're not going to share husbands. You're not going <laughs> to share, you know, careers. You're your own person, and you have to be able to handle what's yours and what's not yours. And I think parents find this, especially new parents, so excruciatingly hard to have to say to the one who's feeling deprived that, that I'm sorry, that this is just the way life is. Right. And, but if you start it early rather than later, um, you know, it is really educating them that this is the way life goes. And the sooner they realize that they, you know, can go after things themselves without worrying about the other one's well-being, the healthier and the more individuated they'll become. But it isn't easy, Sonny. It's yeah. the first few times that it happens, it's really very hard. But then if they become to expect it, this is kind of normal and expectable, 
they're fine. Yeah. But I think it's much more of a parental challenge that they're dealing with it than actually the, the children. It's, it's the parents dealing with the children's reactions and, their in a, and the parental in a, inability to make it all okay. Yeah, yeah. Hard. I, I like the advice that you gave about, you know, the a twin parent being able to say to another parent, thank you for the invitation, but it's it's really mm-hmm. okay. And even maybe to do that proactively, I don't know if that's a little weird, but if you find yourself in a situation where, you know, um, your one twin is hanging out with another kid to proactively say, you know, to the other parent, listen, anytime you want to have a play date and, you know, your you know son wants to get together with, you know, Bobby or whatever, it's fine. And you don't have to bring Billy either. Billy doesn't have to be part of it. You you can just hang out with Bobby, and that's fine. Um, because I think right, that you're going to be my proactive parent child. That's poster <laughs> child. That's wonderful. But Sonny, that's not what that's not what most moms of twins say yeah. or feel. Yeah. And that's wonderful. If you could just tell everyone that. Um, I wouldn't have to write any more books. because that's <laughs> I don't want to put perfect. you out of business, Dr. Friedman, either. <laughs> we need those books, too. <laughs> no, it's that parents are so uncomfortable yeah. saying things like that. But that's it, being proactive is wonderful for the child and for the parents that you're dealing with. Because parents, parents uh, who don't have twins feel like they're being King Solomon. If they're you know, yeah. inviting one and not inviting the other one, they feel terrible. Rather than, oh, no, this is great. Perfect. That's what they need. Yes, exactly. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully some parents out there will, will take our advice and, and maybe be a little oh, bit more proactive. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. Friedman, thanks so much for being with us today. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.